0: Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuhl, and me, Roger Bell-West. And this is a very special occasion. This is our anniversary. This is our 10th anniversary issue, and we have something very special for you here. Roger, I think a fanfare would be appropriate at this moment in time.
1: I'll see what I can find. Uh, But just before we get into the extra special, I would like to thank uh, Brian Parker, who's dropped some money in our tip jar, Thank you, Brian.
0: You can have a fanfare, too. Thank you, Brian. Have a fanfare. Dear friends, as you will be aware, this is a special occasion for us. And uh, myself and the other half have been thinking very, very hard about what we can do to make this a grand celebration of all that we have done. And therefore I have invited onto our programme a very special, a very distinguished guest. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and stand up and applaud Mr Roger Bell West. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Settle down in the back. Roger welcome to the podcast
1: uh, i it, it it's the culmination of a, of a lifetime's ambition
0: i i'm really glad to see it, to see you here i want to talk to you about your life about your works you are a, a distinguished author of stuff <laughs> and, um, and and about, about the things you're doing in, in this Grand area of our mutual self-interest, and to give the ultimate backgrounder uh, to your interesting personality. Uh, okay, <laughs> do you want to start? I'm going to start. You all right? Let's talk about uh, who, where where you came from, where you were born, what uh, what family you were born into—that sort of thing. You know, the sort of stuff that you're going to get when they do our do our lives are on in our time a few centuries
1: well i was raised by doctors who happened to be my parents but you know
0: yeah, that doesn't right. sound as good <laughs> does that make a difference being being doctor doctor raised
1: um there there, there were some, some some attitudes some some of which were useful others of which I, f- I felt i had to get rid of as soon as possible once i realized um but yeah basically white middle class reasonably comfortably off
0: Right, whereabouts? Uh, North London. Okay, and in what year?
1: Ooh, uh, late 60s, let's just say.
0: Yeah, grief. The vanity of the man. And some, uh, people,
1: some people know when my birthday is, and a date of birth gets you into various places that you shouldn't necessarily get into. I mean, it's it's not impossible to find out, but let's not make it easy, eh? Huh? All
0: right, all right, thank you. Uh, when? Uh, so what was the first thing you remember?
1: Ah, <laughs> um, One of those Ah, uh, Let's see I, I think they were presumably some sort of child learns to move around sort of toy but it was basically a double decker bus about a foot and a half two feet high steering wheel uh-huh. on top the child would sit astride it and, and bash it about with, with feet to propel it
0: Oh right, now I've seen. I think I've seen that sort of, that sort of thing, but uh, uh but uh, never, uh, never actually ridden myself. To the best of my knowledge, brothers and sisters, no. brothers and/or sisters, none, single child. And what about schooling? What do? You, where did you start, and where did you go? Um.
1: Hang on, are you, you you're sure you're not trying to answer the what was your first school question on on some account of mine that I've long since forgotten?
0: <laughs> Roger, Roger, honestly. I'm um, just trying
1: to... Tried to... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, privately funded rather than state schools. Um, there were nuns when I was young. There were not nuns when I was older. I was brought up Catholic, but this may make a difference. I, yeah, I, I feel sure. I, I got better in, in the 90s, but... Uh,
0: Okay, well, maybe maybe we'll ask about that. Maybe maybe we won't. I,
1: I think it's been an influence on patterns of thought, at least.
0: Um. Well, you mean Thomas' philosophy, or uh, obedience to authority, or, or the at the very case. least,
1: knowing the difference between substance and accidents.
0: Oh, you'll have to explain it to me sometime.
1: <laughs> but in any case, um, I'm, not, I'm
0: not sure. I'm not actually sure, having thought about it, that you can separate a material thing. From from its accidents, it is it is embodied in the accidents of never mind. Let's not go into Thomist philosophy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a different podcast. We do we do oh, that after God. we do the history podcast.
0: <laughs> oh crikey! Um, it, ideally, so, we, we get re- some
1: we get somebody to run in about after about five minutes saying heresy.
0: <laughs> we can't afford extras.
1: Yeah, true. Um, uh, okay, so we, um, okay, so the the. Uh, the prep school uh, was a bit weird. This was uh, St. Anthony's School in Hampstead, which I, I believe is technically still going. It, it had, had a headmaster, Tim Patton, who was reacting very hard against the authoritarian school tradition and was trying to do it as close to an anarchy, but with children of, you know, up to about age 12, so...
0: You know, I've I've heard about that sort of school, and I've always with not regarded them with a sort of dread.
1: When I read C.S. Lewis talking about uh, people who thought children should be allowed to do what they want, that that sounded very familiar to me.
0: Experiment house, yeah. It was In, not, it was not, it sort of was not that chair.
1: philosophy, but it was, it was a clearly a related one.
0: Yeah. Um, uh yeah. And then on to public school.
1: Uh, yep, yeah, Paul's school. Uh, where let's see. I mean, I, I, I was already on a science type track, but because of various loopholes, I was able to learn classical Greek, which has stood me in good stead, as well as Latin. Okay, uh, I've forgotten much of it, but but the of the vocabulary, but the grammar and structure and so on is still truly useful to me. Yeah, and uh, well, then yeah. then I got ill, and I, I I owe my life as it is now to a bacterium. Um, in about now eight, we
0: know it. May we know its name?
1: Uh Lysis, in about 85. Uh-huh. Uh, it was probably some unpasteurised cheese. Uh, we never managed to track it down for certain. Uh, but this basically left me flat on my back for several years. I yeah. uh, just about able to get up and drag myself to the loo and, and then go back to bed, uh, which put a bit of a crimp in my education. Um, however, uh, by then I had started role-playing.
0: And you can do role-playing flat on your back. Did you continue
1: Well, to- no, Well, this this is the what you might call the role-playing adjacent stuff, because I, I wasn't going yeah. out to school where I could have met people and role-played. Yeah. But I could read role-playing books and I could make notes and design things and so on.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, the, these days, obviously, I, I would be on social media, um, because yeah. that, well, I think we've said before that that's largely replaced that kind of design system. But, you know, a lot of... Um, Wargaming stuff to you. Car Wars, Cars, um, Rollmaster characters, that kind of thing.
0: So, hang on, st- taking a step back to your, um, to your first brushes with role playing games, who introduced you t- to this vile addiction? Um, name the guilty man, if you can.
1: Uh, so, that was at the prep school. Um, Toby Hale. If you're out there, hey, say hi. I, w- I have no idea who you are these days. Uh, yeah. He, um, because of the way the school was And the sort of people who went there We had quite a lot of people who had um, One parent in a foreign country And I think one of his was in the US Yeah uh, If not he, then it was another chap who who knew him But in any case um, it, it This was just before the big boom in the UK Yeah and people say, well, there's this amazing game and, and, and you can't win and and so on. Mm. And, and, and there's no board
0: and and and.
1: Yeah. and and eventually some somebody managed to get hold of a copy and, and it, it was he who ran the first game that I played in.
0: Okay, you say just before the big boom. Uh, uh one what, of the big on? booms.
1: I, I'm thinking of the one uh let's see, this is the one that came with People know these basic D and D basic sets by their authors. the 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 one that had the basic box and the expert box, and then never any more until many years later.
0: I think that was Moldvay, but uh, I think so. I th- by that time, I I was out of D and D and moving on. So it
1: it wasn't the very first basic D and D by any means, uh, but mm. it but it was the one. I don't know if the rules he was using were exactly the same. Um but the one uh-huh. the one I got fairly shortly afterwards was the one that got into uh, John Lewis, big department store in the UK.
0: Yeah, that does mean a big boom, yes.
1: Um that so that would be eighty one I think, eighty, eighty one, maybe eighty two, about then.
0: Okay. So what was the game like in those days? What do you remember from it?
1: Well, I th- I think very mechanistic. Um, now, I, I have to say that my experience of the game is, is a gestalt of the rules and the way the guy was running it. And he, he always is, yeah. He knew very little more than I did. So I, I can't say that the game rules were like this. I'm saying the game I experienced was like this, but it was very much, well, yes, on the one hand, it's more sophisticated than, you know, you 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 see the thing and you roll the dice to see if you kill it, but it's not much more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. There there was a suggestion that you could use your imagination and do stuff, but the rules did not. Uh, that 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 was part of the law. Uh, the the, the, yeah. the halo of things everybody knows that surrounded the actual game, and it really wasn't in the rules that I noticed. Mm-hmm. And, and there certainly wasn't any any suggestion in the rules of if a player does something unexpected, here is how you can decide whether it works or not.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that was around at the time, but probably not in D&D culture. Perhaps in some of the other games.
1: Well, also, we, we've said before, I think, that uh, BASIC was, to some extent, Gary's trademark grab mm. um, to, to try to separate uh, D&D from something he had to pay Dave Armisen for. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, but also... So in the yeah AD&D, which was out at the same time, and and there was a lot of I'm not the only person who bought Advanced because they assumed it was the next book up thing after Expert. Yeah. Um. But as it turned out, AD&D was the, was meant to be the rigorous tournament module style, and yeah. Basic was supposed to be the oh well if you want to play it that way I guess you can style.
0: So how. Um... How soon after being introduced did you start GMing?
1: For probably less than a month. And <laughs> um, one one of the first things I asked because yeah, it, this was this was yeah we're going down a dungeon. But for, first thing I wanted to know was okay, well what happens if if I don't go down these steps now I'm going to want to go and do something else? And and the uh, chat was quite quite um uh, Clearly ill-equipped a... to answer this question, but did say, well, yes, you, you, you can have wilderness adventures and all sorts of other stuff, but this is the adventure we've got. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, There, there a... really wasn't... I, it, it was very much, you know, I, I will send my paper man down into this fight and see if he wins. Uh, the the characterization was really at the cliché sort of level. You know, uh-huh. I, I, I'm a dwarf, so I, I will sing songs about axes and beards and gold, that kind of thing. Mm. Um really wasn't developing characters at all in the sense that I, w- I would tend to understand it now.
0: What were you trying to do when you started up?
1: Gotta say, much the same thing, you know. So here here are these various exciting things. We've got monsters, we've got elves with magic swords. Um, we've got these rules that don't really seem to make a whole lot of sense, but what the hell, what's a level anyway? Um, okay, so you go down some steps. There's a harder monster at the bottom of the steps because it's a different level.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, eventually, you got off your back. And that, when, when was that about? At what age?
1: Well, it was gradual. Um, I mean, in 89, 90, I, I was uh, going out and seeing people and so on, but I was also failing medical school. So,
0: uh, I was going to ask you about that. That was... Um, uh, was there a good, Was there a particular reason for that, or just it wasn't? You? Well,
1: yeah, basically, I I couldn't. The thing that is that people have now started to believe in because there are so many people who've got it as a result of long COVID. of yeah. I can think, I can walk around. I'm not obviously mad, but I know, and I and it becomes obvious if I try it that the high level, sophisticated, actually learning stuff thought just isn't really working anymore. Oh, uh, and, and there are, the, the... there are there are many people for whom either they can't conceptualize that or they just don't think it complicated enough levels to notice when it's missing but <laughs> that's not an insult
0: uh-huh. this is
1: a genuine thing you can do um but for me that was life changing literally
0: so what did you do then economics mm-hmm um, one of the economics? one of
1: the very few bscs in in economics
0: rather than the ba i should i should note um yeah, we we all have to yeah all right um so uh, so why economics
1: interest um i mean, some of it was obviously in the hope of uh, getting a job with it but um mostly i think it's because i had been learning about this sort of thing in an amateurish way, you know, how how stocks behave, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, w- I wanted to put it on a more formal basis. And, yeah, it, it was a degree that uh, seemed, seemed really- likely to pre- to produce financial remuneration. This was not, in fact, true. I, mean, uh-huh. I don't think I have ever been paid. I, I've, I've been paid more because I had a degree. I've got jobs because I had a degree at all. Yeah, uh, but I don't think I've ever been called upon to use the stuff in that I learned in the economics degree for pay, unless you count some of the game
0: writing. <laughs> oh, I think we probably should. All right, so
1: getting so from... that from... That, that so we've skipped over my first game-related publication. Uh, All right, which, let's what, go back to that. An article on airships for car wars uh, in Autodule Quarterly... Um, about halfway through its run, the late mid to late eighties, I guess.
0: Yeah, this is um, this is a start of a theme. You are it's a fairly it's a fairly techie um, and historically um, linked thing. I assume that you you didn't just pull the airship statistics out of your backside and throw them at the paper.
1: Indeed, this was no. Here are actual uh, numbers for. Rigid, non-rigid, semi-rigid airships. Here, here are actual maximum speeds based on mm. size. Uh, here, here is a horribly complicated equation which they don't want to print, so I, so I will give them an example of... You know, here is a range of body sizes. Right. The, these so, days, I, I, I should could say, I, the, this was one of the steps on the road to making Car Wars a really terrible game, because it's yeah. about cars with guns and bikes with guns, and maybe pedestrians with guns. You start bringing in airships and helicopters and stuff like that, and it's, it stops being
0: anything like as fun. Well, I think I never quite grasped the fun of Car Wars, the, the the game, very much. And I didn't really didn't, after giving it some due consideration, I really didn't grasp the fun of the Autodule universe as such. I, I, I got a feeling it was making sarcastic, satirical fun of something, but I didn't quite understand what it was. Hmm. And I, I, I didn't. The world appeared to be neither post-apocalyptic nor optimistic future, and um, I found that odd.
1: Well, it, it had, to, I think, some of the same problems as Battletech in that it wants to start with, there was this great stuff, but we don't have it anymore. Hmm. But at the same time, it's an ongoing game line and you've got to have new stuff.
0: Yeah, um, and it's got to be better, I, than, better than the old stuff. I, I still have the Auto um atlases on my shelf. I, I haven't read them for, in many a long year, but I, I read them all, all the way through with interest at the time. But I, I must admit, I, I must have missed something in the appeal, appeal of it. I was buying stuff on um, on um, Auto as you do. Mm. What, what did you buy stuff on Auto of?
1: Well, let's see. Uh I did get hold of RuneQuest, Uh the Games Workshop second edition printing.
0: Mm-hmm. About about when, when when was that in your life?
1: So, let's see. Would have been about 84, 85. So after after I'd moved to St Paul's but before I got ill. Um this, St Paul's was and indeed still is uh just south of Hammersmith Bridge. Yeah. Uh which meant it was quite close to Games Workshop.
0: You lucky bugger.
1: In Darling Road. And I could pop in there on the way home and have a chat with Tim Olson, who was who was the man there in those days.
0: I, I'm sorry, I, I'm suddenly struck. Sitting, I'm sitting down, so it's probably not it a <laughs> show, but I'm struck with deep envy, I must say. Uh,
1: and so I, I bought a lot of things. Uh, a bit of RuneQuest. I never got very into RuneQuest. Um... Possibly, if there'd been people running it, it might have gone differently. But uh, anyway, Traveller, quite a bit of Traveller. Yeah. And that's the, let's see, late Little Black Books era. So I I got the Starter Traveller box, which is actually pretty much full Black Books Traveller, minus two things that nobody ever uses. Yeah. Um, And then most of the books to fill in the background and, and yeah because of my state of health I, I would spend hours reading those books and rereading them. Yeah. Uh and then I got into Rollmaster. Well no yeah. not, not not quite a I did I did did some of my er, early and very bad game designs bodging together um oh RuneQuest combat and D D magic with a spell point system, that kind of thing. I'm sure I'm it can not. Can done. I'm sure I'm not the only person who did that kind of thing, but I'm absolutely sure you're not. I, I didn't have much luck um, getting people to play that, uh, whereas I did with Rollmaster.
0: All right, this is this is something we should probably spend a f- five uh, five minutes or so on. Why <laughs> the hell, Rollmaster, Roger?
1: Ah, let's see. I think I first met it when somebody ran it at a convention. Mm-hmm. Um. And there was just lots of stuff. I like systems with lots of stuff. Arguably, <laughs> this is why I like GURPS. Um it, it was a bit too classed level for my taste, but when I started looking at it a bit more closely, the, the, there are not actually that much the level's effect, except as a structure for uh, building the character. You know, there, there's yeah. very little that... very Very few times your level matters in play.
0: Hmm. It's a progress thing rather than an
1: in-game thing. It's basically you've got this many experience points. You you will now click up a level, and then you, that means you do the the somewhat involved character advancement process, rather than just saying you've got three points, you could put three points into that skill. Yeah,
0: all right um, I, I I I still found it all right. You know also,
1: I I, I, I may tend to obsess a little. And it's a good game to, obs- to get obsessive about.
0: All right. Is that what you were playing at university?
1: Uh, hang on. S- well, that, that, that's complicated. Uh, the, 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 si- since, since I was not bent on drinking myself into unconsciousness every night, I didn't really fit in with the medical students. That's understandable, yes. Uh, and when I was studying economics, uh, that was at Birkbeck, which is uh, evening... Things And there doesn't tend to be a lot of socialising outside the mm. actual lectures and whatnot. Uh, so there, I, it was mostly groups of people I knew already that I would travel to. Mm-hmm. So while I was at university and gaming, it's not really gaming at university in the usual sense. Yeah, okay. Or also, that that's about the point
0: where I was discovering the internet. All right, so this leads on to what you did do with um, with your degree... Which is to get jobs in computing, mm. right from the start. <laughs> that 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 was you.
1: Um, well, I, mean, I I didn't realise it was a career until after the first couple. But yeah,
0: <laughs> what did you think you were doing? Oh, All right, go on. Getting um, getting in
1: some money while while I apply for other jobs. But yeah, uh, so okay. Let's see. What can I talk about? Um, Demon UK Demon ISP yeah UK. Uh, which I joined in '98,
0: and was a lot of people's, including me, first um, first ISP and first um, uh, uh, means of, of figuring out what to do with this thing we call a modem.
1: Hmm. And to be fair, when I joined it, uh, they had just been—it was really after the glory days—they'd just been taken over by, by, as it was then, Scottish Telecom. Yeah and they they were basically try, trying to maintain anything that made them anything other than a generic office job and largely failing but it worked okay for a while mm. as is usual with post takeover um so I, I i did um what was it two or three months on on the tech support lines in south end which meant i was competing against the rush hour which was kind of fun
0: um <laughs> I've said before, I think I may have even called you up um, when uh, I may have even spoken to you particularly when uh, when, when I was trying to get AOL. I, I had done a foolish thing with an AOL off a disc.
1: That, that was certainly one of our things. Uh, okay, this, this is a bit of a side issue. Uh, but basically, uh, the, the, this is the dark side of the AOL CDs and floppies. Uh, yeah. If if you installed them and tried out AOL, it would it would replace a couple of key system libraries, uh, such that you couldn't connect to anything except AOL. Well, if you if yeah. you, you cancelled the trial, and uh, they they had actually just renamed them, and we knew how to rename them back, but AOL Tech Support wouldn't help you unless you bought, took out a subscription
0: with them. I'm fairly certain that's that's um, against some sort of laws somewhere. But they got away with it for mm-hmm. so long, and I can't quite understand how AOL
1: why... still exists. You know.
0: Yeah, but they're, they're, I they're, most,
1: they're mostly for pe- people in the south who can't get broadband uh, because the glories of competition.
0: Of course, of course, and, um, and and the glories of competition mean you can't have anything. You can't have nice stuff. Mm-hmm. At least if you're in the in the American South, you can't.
1: But anyway so, so yeah, tech support there And the, then I moved over onto the network operations team mm-hmm. uh, Which was a lot closer to home As in I could walk it yeah. Up to Finchley And did that for about a year That that was the, my first experience Of rotating day and night shifts And that was great Got to the point where I could just go to sleep anywhere Whenever I wanted to I can still, ah! I can still do that, it's lovely
0: uh, I had a time at 3 o'clock this morning where that, When I could have used that skill
1: Um, that was, mm, it it, it was clearly changing in in a a more dodgy corporate direction. Uh, So I moved over to DIRCON, Direct Connection, uh, a rather smaller ISP based in Blackheath.
0: Okay, and you continue to run and um, operate odd little sides of the computer.
1: Well, that, that, I, I should explain network operations uh, at these places was basically, uh, we, ha- we have these, these whole bunch of machines and we need to keep them monitored and running. And if you can fix minor stuff, that's great. Uh, but if it's more than a minor fix, then probably you want to call the whoever's on duty because they will know all the quirks of the system and how they want it set up because nobody documents anything.
0: Right, it's all passed. It's all passed down by by a midnight ritual, um, in, inter- in the form of interpretive dance, in the pub. Of course.
1: So, so, so that so that, that was fine. Then they got bought out. Um, I can't remember who it was. Net Scalibur was the name they were shifting to. Oh, that's terrible. It is. It really is. Uh, they're they're a offshoot of somebody else now, and basically non-existent. Um, so.
0: Moving back to your artistic uh, <laughs> life. Yeah. Now you're so, out of the world, um, and now you're no longer at school or at university, and you don't have any... Not the, But you said you didn't have that sort of support there anyway.
1: Well, sometime in the middle... What
0: mid- did you do for, for gaming, and, and what did you do with it?
1: Uh, well, mostly hanging around with people I already knew. Um, and if, right. if one of them had found a... a Group meeting or something like that. I w- I would go along to that. Um, Guild of Melee and Magic in Central London went to mm-hmm. for a few years. Um, what, were
0: they, what were they like as as group? As a, I I never
1: um, met them as a group. Yeah. I mean, I I would meet individuals, and you know here here is a game, and yes, we're we're inviting people to join this game. If there was any sort of admin beyond, we're collecting money to pay the pay the pub. Yeah. Um, I never met it.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so, yeah, what what they may have done as a group, I, I have no experience of at all. In terms of systems, I had gradually got fed up with carrying Rollmaster on my back.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: th- this was about the time of Companion 6 or 7, I suspect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would all fit in a backpack, but... Uh, anyway, so... I... See, I got into dark conspiracy with that. Okay, so yeah, uh, step back a bit. I, oh I ha- for a few years. I, I was able. I had the money to go to Gen Con's in the US.
0: Plutocrat that you are, go on.
1: Uh and hang on.
0: Oh, all right, and what was that like?
1: Um, eye-opening compared with the very grim and grey games. I mean, games fairs were good, but games fairs were basically you get into a game. Yeah. And if you're not in a game, you're, you're wandering around until you find another game. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, Gen Con was the first convention I'd been to with a substantial dealer's room, as opposed to one guy with a tray. Uh, to be fair, I, I I had been to one of the early games days, uh, the to Horticultural Halls, but they, they were not a regular thing by the time I was um, mm-hmm. looking around for them. So, uh, yeah, so Gen Con, it had a dealer's room. I bought stuff. Some of it I still have. Some of it is completely useless to anybody ever. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I m- m- made some friends there, but also got, got in some interesting games, got into Duck Conspiracy when that came out. I, I I had been aware of Twilight 2000 when it was published, but I didn't particularly get into it. Uh Dark Conspiracy was broadly a similar system. It wasn't they they unified it completely later. Uh but it's basically a stat plus skill plus die roll. Yeah. To beat a total. So there was that. There was a lot of
0: that in the eighties, yeah. And yeah. the nineties.
1: Uh so I I started playing that. I, I um built a house system that was that with very slight modifications. Uh I played quite quite a lot of cyberpunk. Um Bit, much a fair of, bit of shadow run
0: how much of this was um, stuff you created or stuff you that was published that you adapted
1: uh pretty much never ran published adventures
0: uh-huh so what did what what sparked your interest in those days and now what sort of thing would make you put together a campaign or something um hmm
1: At the time, it was mostly cool
0: stuff. All right, what was cool stuff, apart from dark conspiracies? This
1: this game's got cyberware in it.
0: I know, all right. This
1: game's got cyberware and lasers.
0: This game's got cyberware, lasers and magic and elves and orcs. Mm -hmm. But did you ever go for Shadowrun?
1: Yeah. Uh, I I didn't run it much because I, I didn't get on well with the system. Uh, but I did play it quite a bit. Uh, it was mostly the first edition, uh, the bit, a bit of the later stuff. That mm-hmm. uh, they They had serious problems in terms of, everybody says character class X is underpowered. We will bring out a book that gives more stuff to character class X. Ooh, everybody uh-huh. says character class Y is underpowered now. And so on.
0: Oh, yeah, all right. It's a common syndrome and an unfortunate one.
1: Uh, so that was, you know, I... I I, my house system was the Duck Conspiracy-derived uh, one, and that, that was working reasonably well. And then I I had played occasional GURPS, but not very yeah. seriously. And then, uh, let's see, yeah, early 2000s, I could probably pin down the year, uh, post-2001, anyway, um, I started travelling to the Cambridge group that I still game with. Yep. Uh I was living in East London as so it was just a straight around up the m mm-hmm. 11 And um they they were very enthusiastic about GURPS and I became very enthusiastic about GURPS. But in in effect I was I was arriving at GURPS very late in the third edition days. Yeah. So, you know, the compendiums were already out. Uh the whole search through 17 different books to find out where that advantage is was not a thing for me.
0: So, uh, did when did you, you you when did you first publish something for GURPS? Well, it was not long after that
1: that GURPS Fourth Edition came out. Right. So while I was not particularly active uh, in in the fan community for Third Ed because everybody knew Third Ed inside out who was talking about it at all and I didn't. Mm. Um, I also didn't have as much 3rd Ed baggage when I was saying, okay, here is how 4th Ed does things and I will answer questions about that. I've never been very active on the SJ Games forums, but uh, I I do post occasionally. Um, So I got into that. I think think my first uh, GURPS playtest was for Ultratech for 4th Ed, which I still feel more favourably about than many people do. Um, There are things I don't like, but in terms of being a catalog of of uh, weapons and equipment that do broadly the sort of thing you would expect in a particular tech bracket mm. it does a decent job and i I've, I've run quite a bit using it uh let's see so my first i i okay pyramid pyramid right the the, uh, the, the semi the... semi late semi lamented um so this was the pyramid uh volume two days when it was basically, if you are a subscriber, you have full access to all of Pyramid ever. And Ooh. and it comes out every week with eight or so articles, seven, seven or eight new articles every week.
0: Fe- Fairly glory days, yeah.
1: Um, so, I us see, I, I wrote some things for the Omniscient Eye, which was basically answer real world questions. Yes, you, you can see the trend here. <laughs> uh, I can,
0: yeah.
1: And... Uh, and one of my proposals for a standalone Pyramid article was Reign of Steel. We, we've got all these robots which were built with the old the third edition vehicle design system. The robot, yeah. robot and vehicle design system was basically the same thing, with, with some slight tweaks. Um, so we, we, we've got these things. Uh, we've got this setting which works perfectly well in 4th, but but no stats for the robots. So why don't I convert the robots? And I talked that back and forth with Stephen Marsh, and he eventually said, "Well, let, let's make it a um, actual standalone supplement." Yeah. So I did, uh, and the, this this was my first experience. No, well, not quite my first, but certainly the the largest yet experience with. At some point during the process of authorship, I will be thinking, "I hate this book. I hate this book. It is completely useless. Why can't it? Why can't it just go away?" <laughs>
0: I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> oh dear me, yes. You don't even have to be writing a book. Yeah. Ah oh. Uh
1: so that was I that.
0: am committed to this thing and I wish I wasn't. Oh woe is me.
1: I think that I can't remember that it, it it's sold moderately but not hugely. Yeah. Uh I, I had vague plans to do a Zone London uh source book. To expand the right world right up, but uh, sales weren't strong enough for that. Um, then the other big one was Meltdown and Fallout, mm-hmm. uh, which is the the first book of in the Gertz disasters line. There are there are now a couple of others, uh, which was basically came out of. I know an awful lot about the the gory details of nuclear power, nuclear weapons, waste handling, etc.
0: Why did you know that? Have you a career we haven't come to?
1: I have interest in a lot of things. It I prob- I have always had interest in a lot of things.
0: Yeah. We probably could do five minutes on things that Roger knows. Um, but you, uh, you, you, you do tend to come up with really obscure stuff. What shames me is you come up with books that I uh, literary books that I haven't as well, so
1: that's that's annoying <laughs> too. Uh, I can't claim to be a Renaissance man. My swordsmanship is pathetic for a start, uh, but but I do you're, try. You're
0: pretty good with a scythe. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's
1: a peasant weapon.
0: Devastatingly effective, especially to grass.
1: <laughs> I do. do I have... do know how you convert a scythe into a polearm, but it's not the way the Pathfinder does it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you do you have any any campaigns from the from anywhere that you are really proud of of having done?
1: Hmm. <sighs> I I I had a let's see. Some, not really. I I I tended to do very improvised stuff. In part because the the experience of uh, role playing games that I had was m- pretty much we keep having adventures until the group breaks up for external reasons. There there wasn't really a sort of large-scale plot there. Uh, So I I would run things similarly. There there would always be interesting challenges for the the party to do, um, but there wasn't any any sort of through-line to them. And there was a point at which I suddenly... Yeah, about half an hour before a game session realised hang on a minute, I have absolutely no idea how I'm gonna, how I do this. Oh crap. Oh. <laughs>
0: was it, was it and dangerous? I don't
1: think the players noticed. But since then I've I've tried to have a bit more structure to to the games I run. Uh, yeah. not not to the railroady extent. I I've I've been in games like that. Um but at least here, Here is a plot thread that you can follow if you want to. And if you want to go and do something else, well, that's fine. But the plot thread is there. Hmm.
0: Are there games that you haven't run settings you haven't got to that you want to?
1: Uh, every setting I've ever read, really. I mean, I, I read a setting and think, oh, I could do that with it. Um, as it is, the campaigns I run tend to be shorter than uh, many other people's. In, in, yeah. the, in the groups I'm in. Uh, and to be honest, I would be happy with a sort of five to ten sessions expectation and then do something else. Because there are always more campaigns I want to run. Um, generally not rules. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm, happy with GURPS for what it does. I'm happy with other things for what they do. Uh, okay. I, I don't especially want to explore new game mechanics, but there are always new worlds. And I can't remember if I said here before, uh, I, I find the process of setting up a campaign much more fun than the process of saying, OK, what am I going to throw at them this week?
0: Yeah, I. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Maybe for some people, maybe not for us, there's uh, there's a way to do that. I, I'm thinking of the Dorsai books, where the great genius general splits his... Um, his his tasks between the person who, does, who plans the strategy and the person who ca- carries it out um but i don't know if that would work for role-playing games
1: well the the thing is in, in terms of uh, commercial possibilities you can't really sell a high-level campaign concept people want something they can pick up and run and that, that, that. and that means doing en- enough of the detail work that it gets well beyond the pl- the stage that I find fun.
0: And there's a diff- definitely a difference between writing for yourself the stuff that will spark you when you're in-game and getting things down enough that other people can actually understand it.
1: Yes, but that's mostly a matter of length. Um, I, I have been um, colluding with friend of the podcast, Jim Begg. Uh, and and handed him some of my adventure notes for for um, games I've run at Convocation, the Yogg-Sothoth Games Day, mm-hmm. and he he has um, pestered me with questions and, until they could be expanded into something that somebody else might be able to run. <laughs> uh, there, there are various technical barriers in the way at the moment, but I'm I am giving serious thought to independent publication on these. I'll throw them on Drive Through RPG and see if anybody bites.
0: It's a, it's a career path you found yourself on those before without intending to. So
1: um, I, I also well, I, I'm always having ideas, and I know very well that I'm much more about having the idea than about doing the boring work to make it come to life.
0: So I beat myself up about that.
1: So I, I, I try to pick the ideas that have got some legs to them fairly early. Uh, so and, and then then ignore the others or at least put uh, at least put them to yeah. one side until later. Uh, but I'm I've got an idea for a game to emulate the sort of thing you you see in a procedural TV show, something like your CSI or your Stargate. Hmm. Um, we've talked about it a little here. Uh, the the sort of things I, that happen.
0: I'm uh, not sure. I I'm not sure I understand what you're going on about. But let's come back to it sometime.
1: Basically, the the reason I don't want to do a full segment on it here is I am trying to write it up and um, make it make it into a system of rules that may may work, and then at some point I will ask for playtesters and so on. Um, but but that that will be a a thing that almost nobody will pay for, but I will have fun writing it. I I have been having fun writing it.
0: Ten years ago, you had an idea about doing a podcast, mm. um, and and. By that time, you'd uh, sort of um, you'd arrived in High Wycombe, and you turned up in one of my um, in one of my uh, role playing groups, uh, though not the other.
1: Wasn't that wasn't that a bit later?
0: Well, hang on. No, you 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 were definitely there before you said hello. This is Roger. Would you like to do a podcast? Oh, okay. Um. Are you? Uh, yeah.
1: The, you, it. It was not the group that was the reason I didn't come back. It was that I. I, I just had too many weekly things on.
0: Oh well. Um. Uh, we do always wonder. Um. Why, when they <laughs> go away and they don't come back. Um. The. Uh, um. So. Why do this? Why do it with me? For goodness' sake. Well. <laughs> I this mean, bit, may get
1: cut. Yeah. You can't. You can't just stop it, can you? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I enjoy doing it. I I enjoy um, bloviating about my opinions on role playing games. I, yes, yes, I have a blog for that. But I find that talk talk. I I did think at one point about doing this solo before before it got started, but if it's just me, I I don't feel I can carry it on my own. I'm I'm much happier at all, all the podcasts I'm involved in. Are multiple person because if we're just bouncing things off each other it works much better than I'm going to recite and also I mean goodness sake you 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 should know how hard it is to to monologue interestingly
0: uh yes sometimes I have to do that during my games the uh especially when playing villains (laughs) Uh,
1: Um, Why you specifically? Uh, Because you were there and I've enjoyed doing it with you.
0: (laughs) All right, fair enough. I I was looking for flattery, it must be said. Did you... um, Yeah, I've seen... I've been looking at uh, YouTube um, role-playing bits uh, recently and sometimes the uh, steely eye of the single GM looking down the camera at you and um, telling you how to run your games gets a little bit much <laughs> do, you, do you want do you want to to, to publicize your other podcast whilst we're here
1: oh ah, i guess so um so let's see uh more games than time is about board gaming uh we, we've had a couple of months off because uh, one of us had had a vicious house move to deal with uh we're hoping hoping to uh, get an episode out next month uh mid-december that'll be uh-huh uh, Watson Hall is the actual play role playing podcast, which is not mine, but I've ended up doing the uploading and stuff for it because I have servers yeah. it can be uploaded on. Um, which is, it is, it has been described as carry on Cthulhu, and I don't think that's
0: completely unfair. It's a, it's a bunch of of of, of people who know each other having fun with various game systems.
1: I think. I, I didn't know this was a thing until I heard about a seminar at Dragon Meet a few years ago. But I gather that quite a lot of actual play podcasts are built with a focus on, you know, get the YouTube subscribers, get the Patreon money, uh, yeah. sell, sell the swag, that kind of thing. And some of them are jolly good, you know, to be fair. Um, but but Watson Hall is not that We don't have a Patreon, we don't have subscribers I mean you can put some money in the tip jar if you really want to But fundamentally We get together and play because we enjoy Getting together and playing And if it, Recording is very low effort And if somebody else enjoys the recordings Well that's great But but scattering, we're but we're not doing it with an audience in mind
0: Scattering bread upon the waters Really Yeah Um, And the other uh, one
1: is Ribbon of Memes, the film podcast uh, which was uh, Nick, one of the Watson Hall gamers um, mentioned that he was in hospital waiting for his first child to be born and reading Uh whatever they had to hand which turned out to be um, I think it was David Thompson's Have You Seen and realising there are a lot of films that are generally regarded as really great which I have never seen Yeah and so he started watching these, and then he'd, he'd got to about nineteen seventy-three when when he mentioned this to me. And I said, "Hey, we could do a podcast of this." <laughs> and it's been rather fun.
0: What are you going to do when uh, when you eventually hit real time?
1: Uh, start at the beginning again.
0: That seems reasonable, but but with <laughs> a, a,
1: a bit less um, strict adherence to the schedule
0: you uh, you have you, you started with stuff from 73 hmm. so you've got you've got the whole history that you have barely poked at back at back of that
1: yeah i mean i i, I don't think we need to go back as far as Muirbridge and the horse but, uh, yeah, but, but but what what's the horse's motivation
0: <laughs> not to fall over oats to get fed i think as it is for so many artists <laughs> Is there anything else to which you would wish to draw my attention? Um,
1: I still haven't pinned down when, when I turned from enthusiastic dungeon basher to I care about these people. Sometime um, in the late 80s, early 90s, I guess, but...
0: Do <laughs> you still remember characters from there?
1: Um, Not really. I, I have the occasional incident, but I don't really have this character was great because stories. When I discovered that as a thing the role players were supposed to do and bore people with, I was actually quite surprised.
0: Me too. All right, let's pause and do a commercial. We don't have any commercial brains. Let's just put some music in here.
1: So continuing this um, trend of interviewing people that we've never heard from before I'd like to welcome renowned thespian and occasional
0: role player Michael Kuehl Hello, oh, thank you, thank you It's, it's an honour and a pleasure Notice I'm not saying who it's an honour and a pleasure for But it's an honour and a pleasure For, for somebody me. For somebody, we hope, out there in the great void So
1: uh, your, your vowels betray you occasionally, dear sir where, where and when did you did you
0: grow up? I, well, (laughs) who says I have? Um, I was born in Manchester in 1954. And I grew up, uh, I was raised by by parents. Oh, no, what I meant to say was I was raised by teachers. Uh, My dad uh, was, and my mother went into teaching after me and my little brother were old enough to be trusted with our own door keys um and um I suppose that's really stuck very strongly in my background and my personality like I like um I I like instructing people in things and I think I'm good at it uh which is probably very offensive to a large number of people <laughs> i have explained things to
1: that, that a thing that struck me I I love teaching people stuff but I'm I cannot do the teacher's job, which is also motivating them to want to learn in the first place because I just want to learn everything. <laughs> I don't understand I, not feeling that way. But anyway. My
0: father, my father once bullied me into um, directing a, uh, a, a Christmas uh, show that he was doing and he didn't have time to finish the job of getting it together. And I learned then that I can't be a teacher because a teacher must love... All the peoples it is given must serve all the peoples. It is given to him to teach the, the 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 appalling ones and the talented ones as well. And I only like the talented ones, hey. which isn't honestly uh, the way to be a teacher in a public school. So, so, so uh,
1: what, what is your first memory?
0: Uh, my first memory is also one of those educational things. Um, it's one of those um, wooden-tracked um, uh, toy um, trains that you could uh, put and lay down the track on the floor and make it go round and round, or go in, in various patterns if you had enough bits. And it was just before my second birthday, because I can pin it down to the time I spent going next door to my grandma's place, being looked after her, Whilst my mum was in hospital having my younger brother, so mm. that was that's a that's a fairly precise thing. I've got fairly clear memories of the uh, house we were living in then. Well, it was a flat actually, above a uh, doctor's surgery, at the end of a Victorian terrace in Levenshulme in Manchester. It was all. Well, it was a bit of a step up from Coronation Street, but you could see Coronation Street from where we were, and uh, and it's not there now. It got knocked down, and it's now I think it's still a horrible block of nineteen seventies (laughs) shops. But the the buildings had had some character, and as I say, my mum had the job of being the caretaker for the doctor's surgery, and we got to live in a ramshackle flat up above. And there was a a room at the end of the uh, flat which was basically a box room full of all sorts of interesting and terrifying junk from the the Second World War and before. uh, All the gas masks in existence appeared to have been poured into it at one (laughs) stage. Um, But when when I was five... um, we moved out we moved out of there just before I was five actually we moved out out of there to a new build house at Hill Green in Cheshire. The whole area was being built up uh, on the grounds of what was one of the uh, supporting airfields for Ringway, uh, which is now hmm. Manchesters airport and I I wonder I'm not totally deaf having grown up under the thundering jets of far too many holiday uh, holiday flights off to Ibiza.
1: Uh, ju- just for those of us who, who don't uh, particularly speak the geography of Manchester, is, is that still basically suburban or...?
0: It's it's the far end, uh, it's what's now pretty much the far end of the tram lines. It's a fair distance out, it's into Cheshire and out of Manchester, and therefore theoretically slightly posher. Um, but, 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 s- but
1: if you're going to the, the local big town, the local big town is still Manchester.
0: My local big town is still still Manchester, and I remember lots of journeys up into Manchester um, then, and as an a- adolescent, and um, it was uh, it was was the big play- place to go. It was the nineteen fifties, uh, late fifties, and um, there were still bomb sites and wreckage, and as I say, um, old airfields being re- redeveloped into. Nice shiny new tiki tacky houses.
1: As a fan of aviation, of course I deplore this, but I do accept that people have to live somewhere.
0: Yeah, it's best for them not to live on the runways, Roger. I I, yeah, I, yeah. I believe experiments have been done. <laughs> uh so schools Schools there was an infant school before we moved out of the flat in Manchester, of which all I can remember is playing the spider who sat down beside her. In a a school pageant, do and showing off terribly, I believe. <laughs> and uh, then, I, then there was a, a school out in Hill Green, a Hume School, um, where I remember um, also showing off somewhat. Um, my uh, my performance as the uh, as the innkeeper in the nativity play was right, right, was, was regarded by my teachers as Piece of manic upstaging <laughs> and, uh, and learning to and learning to do uh, recite poetry. The first thing I ever learned to learned off by heart in order to do a group recite with other children was McCavity's a mystery cat. He's called the hidden paw. <laughs> um, I still know most of it now. And so um, I also got bullied, and I also got punished on one occasion by the headmaster for something I did not believe was my fault, I mean corporally punished, whacked across the hands, which revealed my physical cowardice and also caused me to trust the authorities a bit less than I might otherwise have trusted them. Um, and then on to Sheila um, Hume School, which was a direct grant school, which was a sort of... Um, uh, a compromise between um, uh, totally uh, private public schools and and, and state-provided. There, there was a large wadge of money going to provide uh, scholarships uh, for people. My brother got one of them, which was nice, hmm. but I had to be paid for because I'm not that clever. And um, I, I could have gone to Manchester Grammar. I could have gone to... Um, uh, to Cheatham's school, but that would have meant boarding. And I said, no, on the whole, no. Uh, sleeping in room, large rooms with, uh, with other boys uh, did not appeal to me. And when I got some experience of it later on, it appealed to me still less.
1: So th- there is a- always the risk of following in one's parents' path. W- were, you, were you ever at serious risk of becoming a teacher?
0: Nah, honestly, <laughs> nah. Uh, because I have seen what teaching does to people, especially at the end of term. There is an end of term syndrome where teachers collapse the just in, at, at, at the, the finishing line and are good for nothing and totally whacked out of all their mental and physical resources for a, a day or two just before and just after end of term. I've seen the responsibility... And the the amount of work that has to be done outside of your nominal work hours. And let me be perfectly frank: I'm far too lazy, ever, ever, to pursue that line. Also, as Fair. I say, also as I say, I like the kids who can do things, and that does not make uh, for a for a good teacher. Mm. Not not when not when you have to work hard to like t- to like the kids who are just not any damn good. I had a, I had a Latin teacher who shouted at us a lot, uh, us being the kids who were not that good at Latin. And it was partly made in, enforced by the fact he was slowly dying of a degenerative bone disease, but also he had no patience for fools. If fools are dis, are determined as being people who can't do decline Latin uh, declensions. At a, at the a moment's notice, and don't understand the damn grammar, and get irritated. I always got irritated when I got told that Latin was such a logical language. Bar fornicating humbug.
1: I, with, with my limited linguistic knowledge, I would say no. It's a language that's spoken by humans. I mean, there there, there is lojban. It it is. I, be, I believe Collins Fine speaks it a bit, but but it is not a language that one could regard as in common use. <laughs>
0: What can one say in Lodgeman? It is what it is.
1: One can say many things, but it's awfully difficult to write a poem. I should imagine, yes.
0: It is somewhat like, like this in a way that it is analogous entirely. No, no, it would be too long setting up the propositions, wouldn't You,
1: you have so, sometimes. Um, given the date, presumably you were moving on to university before you even heard about role-playing games.
0: Yeah, um, I got into Oxford by... Uh, a minor miracle, which I've never entirely understood. Hey. Uh, I don't think I was the best student. I don't think I made the most of those opportunities, but I did get to go to... I did get to perform with some people who later became famous, hey. and some people who uh, later actually made a living out of being an actor, a thing which I tried but failed at for several years, or well, several decades, let's be perfectly honest. And after I finished at Oxford I did a year postgraduate at Manchester because they were offering a diploma in uh, in drama which in my case defaulted to learning how to do television production which I also that was another course which I, I took which somebody took in in hope of actually making some money out of it and that never happened either
1: so it it would be fair to say that that you were definitely focusing on you know the in the broad sense dramatic arts by that point Tra-
0: Yeah, um, I picked up enough of the literary arts and literary criticism to be useful to me later. But honestly, I can't say I have any great talent for it. Um, I do believe I have talent for um, acting, but I am a peculiar shape. I am a bit of unique casting. And I, uh, I never actually managed to find my niche. I was also terrible at selling myself and I may have made some unwise decisions with regard to agents. I would like to know what a wise decision with regard to agents looks like or feels like at some stage. Not that I want to denigrate the, either of my the, the, agent, the
1: agent who's about to discover the next big thing and to be asked, have you got more people like them?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, well, the, uh, the, the, the aim of an actor's, a, actor's life is, is, is to have people say, have you got more like them? like him and say well actually I've got him yes uh you want to be the defining character but um, I was never that so Oxford then Manchester and then trying to launch myself as um, a as uh, as an actor but at the point I just left uh, Manchester I got an invite to um, I'm not anticipating your next question here. Dave Langford's place for uh, in Reading for a New Year's party, hmm. and I came out of that slightly bleary-eyed and overhung, and somebody said, "You must stay around. D- uh, Dave is going to run his dungeon," and that was, as they say, an eye-opener. New Year's Day, nineteen seventy-six, and um, it so was uh,
1: pretty, pretty early as far as D and D is concerned.
0: Yeah, I classified myself at one stage as a uh, as a role playing dinosaur um, class two, because when I started, uh, uh, Blackmore had been released, the first supplement. But other than that, it was just the first for first books uh, in a little cardboard box. And Blackmore, we had the alternate resolution table. <laughs> um i uh, no i i was i was so glad we didn't have to go with the earlier system um we had uh we had thieves, but uh, i uh, maybe paladins i think paladins existed then but um, clerics honestly, were a late introduction weren't they no no i think clerics were Oh no 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 no, no, first, no, no you're clerics right. are the first three druids are late introductions, and um assassins are late introductions and um, Monks are later who aren't monks who aren't clerics, which it was confusing to some mm, us. Yeah, um, and um, you you uh, haven't been watching the right films, sir. <laughs> uh, and none of the uh, and none of the um, of the psionic powers, which I honestly, think I think
1: that was an AD and D thing. Yeah,
0: no, no, it was in the last supplement. Oh, really? Um, oh, right. Eldr- Eldritch twitchery or whatever. It was I, I've never
1: known anybody who used the psionic
0: powers in D anD. D so. No, no, me, me either. I mean, you had monsters. I think they were more or less there to provide powers to monsters, mm. but you had to allow them to people for another reason. It was never well interviewed. Uh, and,
1: and a whole mini game of "I choose my attack, you choose your defense," and we, we, and the, there's an interaction matrix, that kind of thing. Oh, that that was I, in the AD and D version.
0: Well, I, I, I. Anyway, so I, I, start, I started. Doing that, and just like you, as soon as I got home and got myself a copy of the rules, I started trying to. GM,
1: I, I think that was the general experience, uh, certainly of most of the people I knew in 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 the early days, or well, my early days, that they they had got they had tried a game, they had thought this is great, they had gone back to wherever they normally gamed and or normally oh, did things lived. and met people and bought, bought the rules and tried tried to bring bring their friends into it because there just yeah. just weren't lots of gamers about. Or if there were you didn't know them.
0: Yeah, I was lucky that there was um a war games club in central Wiccan uh, meeting at the British Legion.
1: So, so you, you were you were in Wiccan by then?
0: I oh, was it I well right. I lived in no by then um, sorry, I've come in family history rewind. Um, in 1970 my father after trying for years managed to get himself a headmaster's job in Slough. Mm-hmm. Was it in Slough? Yes, it was in Slough at Langley uh, at Langley Secondary Model in Slough. And he, um, uh, he got himself a headmaster's job and he moved the family down but they decided on the whole that uh, it would be a better idea for me to go and live with my grandma and commute to the school I was already at on the grounds I was about to enter sixth form and a change of school was just not a really not a really good idea. Hmm. They trusted me out of their sight, though not out of grandma's. Hey. And um so I spent my time um, shuttling back and forth there. But when um when I finished there I moved down full time to be with my parents at Bourne End in Buckinghamshire, a mm. nice, a nice uh, a village by the river, um, which hopefully will survive a few years longer before it gets flooded by the oncoming deluge. Um is already showing signs of uh, uh, drifting into the under, mm. un- into the subterranean realm.
1: Still, at least it's not a, a sudden volcanic eruption.
0: I think we, we mostly avoided those in Buckinghamshire. Thank there you. is a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, Anyway, so um, I, I was living with my parents. I was living with my parents all through the long years of me trying to get uh, work as an actor, except for the very end of it, um, in Bourne End in Buckinghamshire. And uh, as I say, I discovered there was a... Um, there was a uh, bus service to to Wickham and a, a games club um, meeting weekly in Wickham. And uh, I went to them. They were all miniatures gamers, with a, a few exceptions. I, I believe people... Wickham,
1: Wickham Warband is still going. I, I still get emails from them occasionally. I, I went along for a bit of wargaming, but as we said earlier, it's, it was one of those, it's a weekly thing and I can't do it every week.
0: Yeah, it, that, that I think those are the people who left when uh, the undesirable presence of the role game is sort of took, took over the job. <laughs> um, it, it lasted the, that that lasted until a few, just a few years ago. It was my constant Wednesday night uh, night game, um, and until until people stopped uh, stopped coming, the hall rental became too expensive, and uh, and then the, and we ro- rolled up the club just before the uh, pandemic. Uh, st- struck which was probably good luck um from a certain point of view and then um and we we had managed to see off the threat of takeover by the um, uh by the uh magic the gathering fiends <laughs> uh, but uh and, and several yes
1: th- th- those of us who've, who've been in this for a while uh, c- couldn't help noticing a certain you know so the cycles happened. The Wargamers complained about us, now we're complaining about the Magic players. The, the year it came out, you literally could not walk down the corridors at Gen Con without stepping over Magic players.
0: <laughs> it was, yeah, um, and, and there have been other uh, fads and things since. But as I say, Wednesday night lasted until just a few years ago. And I also managed to find a group uh, meeting at Hartley Patterson's house on a Tuesday originally and then a Monday. Which is also still going, but is now virtual and uh, meeting on a Monday night over the internet inter tubes, as is my group for the Wednesday night uh, hmm.
1: well as is the Cambridge Wednesday group at the moment,
0: so well sorry for that i I do regret it, but we'll we we'll, we'll go off into a topic we've explored before. Hit me with a question yeah. um so
1: you're in, in in and around wickham you're you're acting how 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 do you or well, you're presumably travelling some distance for potential acting.
0: Yeah, uh, how, um, how
1: how do you how do you combine that with maintaining an interest in role playing?
0: On one occasion, on least one occasion, most of my acting jobs were a few days uh uh one day, a few days, a few weeks. Starting off, I was doing um I was doing children's theater. Um Going around the country, appearing in schools, um, changing in the in the loo's, um, bringing drama and interest and 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 sudden frights to young children. Hey. Um, once nearly getting lynched by a particularly um, a disorderly bunch, and then I just went and found local groups and imposed myself on them when I could. In the elfish gene, which I do. Not on the whole recommend as a memoir of early role-playing, though it is redolent of some sorts of gaming. Um, there is a mention of coming across me um, doing uh, stuff um, at Coventry um, when the author was a youth. Um, I was memorable enough to get mentioned. Hey. And that will probably be what is found when historians of the period are asking themselves the question, who was this Michael Kuhl strode? Like a, a colossus. Actually, I think that should be bestrode, like a colossus. You know what I
1: mean. Well, bestrode is, is a transitive verb, it needs an object. You know, Bestrode the
0: earth. Like a. The earth is understood! <laughs> <I think. laughs> On one occasion, when I had a whole year's worth of work uh, touring around in Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and then going into the uh, West End with it, I did uh, start a briefly running Gert's fantasy campaign, which was fun. With other actors and uh, and comedians and stage staff, but I never quite knew if I was imposing on them or not. I think mm-hmm. they had fun, but it's yeah. very hard to tell. Um, I, I I was very very starved for my regular fix of then.
1: So I mean, you you've said that uh, you got out of D and D fairly early on, and clearly you eventually got into GURPS. But what what sort of sequence was there in between?
0: All right. Well, I picked up. Um, Odd stuff before giving up. Uh, GURPS are uh, things like um, superhero twenty twenty four. Gosh, that's nearly upon us. Um, <laughs> uh, on guard and uh, and other um, and traveler. Uh, but it was nineteen seventy nine at the WorldCon that I bought my last uh, D D product. It was AD the AD anD D. Um, GM's book, whatever it was called. Dungeon Master's Uh, Guide? Dungeon Master's Guide, um, which was the last thing. And then I discovered... um, Then I uh, discovered RuneQuest. And I thought, golly, this is actually quite... You know, this is... You don't actually have to do all that stuff that I thought was a bit ridiculous. This is actually a model of how a human being walks around the world and and does things and, and, and... and it could account for so many more interesting outcomes, like having your foot chopped off, um, <laughs> which uh, which D and D just didn't do. And I thought, oh, hang on, he hasn't got classes. Classes were a bit naff, and so were levels. And I, 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 I was a bit of a, I probably still am, a bit of a proselytizer, a, a rapid convert this new way of doing things so RuneQuest and Call of Cthulhu, to an extent were my um, my go-to um, uh, were were my go-to uh, gaming uh, things until I discovered GURPS which actually was the first week of rehearsal on that production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern I mentioned we were in Nottingham and I went to the games workshop there and discovered this thing and spent part of my first weekly wage packet for that year um, on some GURPS, which was very nice, too. Hmm. Uh, a different sort of appeal to, to RuneQuest, and um, a, a more difficult and clunky game. There are bits that I still haven't got into my head, but the bits I haven't got into my head, uh, mostly I can look up. As with RuneQuest, I have the things that I can use commonly in my head, mostly correct. Yeah, and and I know enough to know when my memory is getting a bit. Um, hang on, is that in this? Is that in this edition? Is that even in this game system? I
1: <laughs> Or hang on, that's just a common house rule, so I'd better explain it. Or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, the the one of the blessings of um, of having a long standing group is you don't have to explain the house rules and style assumptions to them. Um, and one of the curses is that sometimes they explain it back to you when you've forgotten them. <laughs> which... <laughs> so, say, so, I mean, ha- have you been
1: basically a Gerps only GM at any point? Or no,
0: I've never been an anything only th- uh, at any time. I've run large stretches of stuff with my my groups, which has been enti- entirely Gerps. I have. Um, My brainstorm games, going back to uh, first edition, are roughly linked together in a sort of history, even though there are bits of it that I don't remember terribly well and notes were never taken at the time. Hmm. Um, But some of my players do remember and they will remind me. (laughs) Um, Are you uh, sure
1: they're reminding you accurately?
0: I always assume so because to, to, to... uh, I, I suspect I, I don't think I can suspect my players of uh, of manipulating me quite that openly. I mean, I don't think they are manipulating me quite that openly, and I don't believe I can accuse them of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, t- I tend to tr- trust my my players, except for Alan. Alan, if you're listening to this, um, I, I mean no disrespect, but your your memory was remarkable does tend to wander about a bit. And we do know, always to check um, when Alan confidently says something.
1: One of the Cambridge players has a similar thing. He he will remember precisely, but not always at all correctly, uh, what, what happened last
0: session or whatever. Yeah, my memory for, as you will have um, noticed, having GM'd me recently, my memory for what happened in the last session, it, it needs kick-starting. Somebody needs to give me... A reminder, and then then it starts drifting back. I'm just glad that I'm never the one who has to write down things as we go. If I'm the GM, I record things, and then I can write them down sometime later.
1: Mm. As as for uh, how about writing r- rather than GMing or playing? You've, well, you, I have you've I, done I, a bit. I mean, I, I can look up your name on Drive through RPG, and it does show up. So
0: grief, mostly in other people's stuff. I. Uh, I submitted a, uh, a an early request thing to White Dwarf. Um, it was uh, it was a uh, basically a uh, a, a barroom brawl set at the Tin Inn in Apple Lane. It has got its flaws, but people have um, have praised it to me. When I ran it, I I discovered that the, that the werewolf isn't as trapped as I thought he was, and if anybody is listening who wants to make use of that. I would suggest you either take the werewolf out, or put more problems in his way in his his attempt to get away before he turns into a werewolf. <laughs> or oh yeah, or into a wolf. Or oh, yeah, just shorten the time. It's a hard life being a werewolf. You know, you're not properly chaotic, but people despise you anyway. <laughs> oh, that's on Glorantha. And I've uh, there's a couple of things I wrote for Steve Jackson Games. Um, a, a a gurps adaptation of Hahn which if I were to go back to it I'd I'd rewrite it to use all the new systems that Gerbs gives you Um, I'm not at all sure that the best way to do Hahn isn't to do something with Ars Magica because their magic system there is so it's almost copied from early Ars Magica it's probably impossible to disentangle It's, it's going to be like Newton and Leibniz um, disentangling the precedent between the two two systems and who put what down on paper, first of all. Um, there's also which I'm rather proud of, a dual adaptation of um, of a GERP's Discworld, of a Discworld adventure. I originally ran it using um, the system in first edition uh, Over the Edge, uh, the War <laughs> system, which which you yep. also published for. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool system for doing something humorous, and the uh, like. Uh, and and uh, uh, and no disrespect to uh, uh, to uh, to Phil, who did a masterful job with GURPS Discworld, But I I feel with something humorous, the simpler systems like um, like warp or like uh, what's it called, Rhesus Rhesus. That's the one. Um, and he. Uh, Something like that for humorous g- uh, gaming is um, is is pro- is probably good. Uh, what have I done? Mostly of recent years, I've been doing my writing on a monthly basis, writing things for alarms and excursions. A, um, a, a which,
1: long-standing role-playing APA.
0: Yeah, um, going back to the very early days, um, which um, has some people who you will have heard of still writing for it. And uh, Lee gold of course uh, editing it mm-hmm. who is uh who, who who is a treasure Indeed. Um, a, and a good thing all, in general yeah that's my that's my uh, my main main creativity. I have thought of yeah. doing things more serious. I last proposed doing um, a uh, a hero across as we must now call it quest world's adaptation of um, of TechML. but i don't think apart from the small fan community there's going to be any new tecumal material until well somebody rediscovers it in decades to come and uh and uh, like hp lovecraft we could admit it but still make use of the material
1: it should be easier than lovecraft in that people were surprised to hear about phil barker having the interests and and politics that he did no, um, Nobody was surprised to find out that Lovecraft was like that because it is literally all through everything he wrote. <laughs> true. It's true that.
0: I don't, I don't see the right-wing uh, political agenda, certainly possibly a conservative ag- agenda. He created a society with a, a rigid imperial monarchy and um, nobilities going back uh, thou- thousands of years. Uh, but I don't, I don't see any sort of um, racist... You probably accuse him of sexism, but most of that, I think, is is from the pulps and uh, and from the time when it wasn't offensive to have naked dancing slave girls on the cover of your books.
1: I, I think it would be fair to say that the, what you might call the planetary romance side of pulp fiction has been largely neglected in mainstream fantasy role playing, but it is definitely a thing in Dremel. So,
0: yeah, um, it, it it is a grand exa- example of it, with something like the Earthman coming to a strange new world, built into the uh, um, Barbarians' landing at the major port opening, which it, well, used to be the standard. Um, though it got decried when I was trying to uh, to punt the uh, the Tecumal Quest Worlds uh, thing. But I discovered that I was just too lazy to get the job done, so yeah. it's not... It's not it, yeah. When I was... I have written I have unpublished novels and unstaged scripts um, cluttering up one of the bookshelves um, here in my bedroom. Um, I, I don't regret having written them, and one or two of the later ones are worthwhile. I really wish I could get myself en- energised enough to get up and complete some of the unfinished projects. But um, at this moment, uh, my, uh, my energies are post-COVID energies. And sixty-eight-year-old energies, um, well, well,
1: is there a project that let, let, let us say you, you you can be given a, a dose of the really good amphetamines and ha, have the energy to, to to finish a project of your choice? Is is there one that you would really like to get done more than anything else?
0: I'd like to do some more adaptations of the Rain system. Um, I have, I feel that Rain is full of potential, which it hasn't quite, quite realised. Um, I, I I have a great deal of admiration for uh, Greg Stoll's game game design. That um, that I will admit, Termination Shock got got a bit too fancy for me, um, I, and I I couldn't quite make it into something intuitive in my own mind or in my players. So I'd like I'd like to run some more stuff. I'd like to, um, I if I could do something for publication it would be to make um, it would be to write the world books of another generation of the Bainstorm books Steve Jackson games I want Mm. I want Treadroy rewritten I want Caithness brought up to date I suspect they're setting up Caithness to be a tragedy I'm not really very good at those I'd want uh, a reformed and or civil war um uh, Megalosh, which, as we discussed a, a week or so, a month or so back, is is what's bubbling up in my mind at the moment. Mm. I'd, uh, I, I'd I'd want to get a serious sahud, but I think this is one of those projects which has been abandoned by its original publishers, who don't feel that enthused by expanding it any more. It's very much a niche um, a niche appeal. I think it's a fairly large niche, and I think there would probably be ways to write adventures on it that would tempt people to take a look at the the larger world. But on the whole, I don't think it would be a good business decision uh, uh, for Steve Jackson games.
1: Well, well, one of the eternal problems, of course, is you've got a universal system. You can't really sell adventures to more than a fraction of the players of that system, so...
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm talking mostly about setting with with attached adventures. I think that that is the way to go. Mm. Build out, um, build out a, uh, a an implied setting or something that's mentioned in passing in in, in a core supplement, and then put dot some adventures uh, around it, and then let people run with it.
1: I'm just thinking of you know comparing something like Pathfinder. To a first approximation, everybody is playing on the same world, and you can say, "Well, this is a wizard from there," and everybody knows where there is, that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, I think there's a certain, there's a tension between the games master, the the game publishers, who've chosen to freeze their um, uh, their setting at a particular time point, uh, which is Han's choice, and I think the two others, and those who let it be a, a developing um, thing, which is the root. Uh, Professor Barker went down, um, taking in material from the various campaigns around the world and publishing it in Dragon and uh, making that part of the annals of the Empire, and which um, GDW did with um, with the Traveller universe slightly less successfully, because they wanted to make a universe-killing event the kicking point for their next big release mm. of um, Traveler, the new era, and, um, and whatever whatever the one before that was called,
1: uh, the Civil War era, yeah, uh, the that little, one,
0: yeah, that that all that all that stuff, which turned off, off large numbers of people, me included, to be honest, and I didn't want to put put in the energy of learning yet another game system. I got to say, at my age, getting a new game system into your skull is hard. So, and, looking
1: uh, on the bright side, many
0: of them are lighter weight than they used to be. True, and uh, many are, and many some of the lighter weight ones I actually understand. And some of them I go, what the fuck is he talking about?
1: <laughs> I mean, th- this evening I'm planning to play, well, i planning to run Sentinel, Sentinel's, uh, Sentinel Comics RPG, which is tie- well, tied to the Sentinels of the Multiverse setting. Uh, board game, card game, I should say.
0: Okay, so that it's not it's not a comic, but it is a setting. Yes. Okay. Good luck with that. Uh,
1: but it's relatively straightforward. I just need to get out a lot of dice.
0: Yeah. I, like, well, I Whereas,
1: like... you know, I, I have no inside knowledge on this. It is possible that someday there may be a GURPS 5th edition which will be unlike GURPS 4th edition. And... I, I soaked up GURPS 4th pretty much immediately. Now my, my head is full of GURPS 4th and I will have a lot of work to do to, to accommodate to any changes.
0: I think I managed to overwrite um, GURPS 3rd mostly, though there are a few rules which I remember with fondness when I look at the more complicated bits of 4th. Um, I'm looking at the explosive rules in particular <laughs> and the explosive fireball rules in especial. I don't see any reason why an explosive fireball should be re- realistic. Honestly, I don't.
1: <laughs> so, okay, let, let let us assume that you continue to be lazy. Um but 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 you you win the lottery. I mean, I know, I know, meet me halfway here, buy a ticket. All right, fine. And you you can commission the the
0: perfect role-playing game for you. Oh, my my current uh my current fantasies Involve finding a way to get to use all the lovely tabletop role playing things without me having to do any skilled graphic work. <laughs> I think the I think the uh, the the rich man's solution is to hire a small household of talented but unemployed computer and um, and, uh, and 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 graphic nerds. And get them to do the work for you on a commission basis. Maybe we can even sell this to to other lazy GMs. I'm sure I can run the rules. I think I can manage to pick up the interface well enough. But um, I don't think I don't think I can. I, I my clumsy att- first attempts, and this may be a, a character flaw in me. My clumsy first attempts at any graphic art form have always discourage me from going any further, and making myself good at it. My ego, my ego has taken a sufficient humiliation for this lifetime. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> but I, one of the other thing, good things I would try to do, is make it more friendly for uh, my player with very limited eyesight. Um, mm. There ought to be better ways of. Uh, of reacting with that that sort of system It's all a bit clumped, clutched together at this stage in its development, and it's all focused on 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 the PC market. Even when you take it to uh, uh, to tablets and laptops, it gets a bit um, it gets a bit wobbly yeah, and difficult to handle for some people, um, but. I think that working from home and gaming from home or logically speaking uh, to uh, produce improvements in that line. And I'd like to finance some if I, if I are actually, you know, fabulously wealthy and living on a sunny island somewhere. But very high up, very high up on my on my imagined fantasy island. Um, <laughs> because I, I want the, don't want the sea to come all the way up to my nice new uh, millionaire's. Paradise. Thank you very much. So, per, uh, anybody who feels like sending me, uh, uh, you know, prospectuses for mil- places millionaires live, please make sure that you ensure that it's far enough away, above the waterline, to be plausible for the next fifty years or so. If you would like to tell us all about your uh, early experiences in role-playing, your li- entire life story and who you were raised by, oh, please don't. But if you'd like to comment on any of the other issues raised in this um, special bonus 10-year um, uh, Jubilee edition, then you can contact us by...
1: Uh, leave a message on the website or email podcast at lee.
0: And we hope to see you again. In a month's time.